politics, pop culture, and a whole bunch of other things that start with the letter P. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Who knew that optimism could sound so sarcastic? Hey, 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 welcome in to the Mark Harvard Podcast, episode 46, and we've got a really special program for you this week because uh, my friend Erin Street's with us. Now, Erin, you may know her uh, from many of the different publications she's written for. She's uh, She's been a travel editor. She's worked for Southern Living. She's been with advertising and marketing agencies. She's been with uh, hospitals. She's done a lot of different things. She's a writer and she's a storyteller. She loves sharing stories with people. But here's the thing. In, uh, and we'll go over this in more detail with Erin in just a little bit. But um, it, her, her, her life looked very glamorous from the outside, social media and the pictures and the Instagram and all that would go out. Um, but Erin had something she was dealing with and ended up uh, having to really come to terms with her own use of alcohol and uh, alcoholism and is now shaping her life to help those that are dealing with addiction issues. So Aaron Street's coming up in just a little bit. If you know somebody that is dealing with uh, those, those demons themselves, or if you know somebody who, uh, who, who is, you know, supporting someone that is like that, um, this, this is a program to listen to. This is one to pass on to, to friends and share to friends. But in the meantime, got a couple of things going on. First off, have you seen, okay, there's a huge, uh, market right now for these prayer apps. I, I didn't realize how big this was until uh, until not long ago. There's you know there's uh, pray.com, Glorify, Hallow, and on the surface, these are just thing places you can go for uh, you know f- to find you know some sort of community if you're needing a spiritual community uh, to ask for prayer th- for things you're going through. And a lot of people because it's not someone you're gonna have to be you know in in around every single day, they they find themselves opening up more and more. Which, in some ways, is a good thing because, you know, we all need to have those communities that we can be completely honest with. Unfortunately, a lot of these sites, the Pro.com, Glorify Hello, these are businesses first and foremost. So a new article has come out about this, and you've got these venture capitalists that are backing these things. And people are, aren't stopping to think, this is a free app that I'm, I'm giving all this information to. That's right. These folks are turning a huge profit in data collection. Almost every app collects personal data from users to sell to advertisers. But in the case of the prayer apps, that data can be very intimate. Like if you're asking for prayer for a struggle with addiction, a failed marriage, self-harm, a miscarriage, uh, all, all kinds of stuff that you agreed to when you download the app. You know, they have those those security and uh, legal documents you have to you have to click on. In, in that, within that verbiage, You've agreed to uh, to this to this condition. They can sell your data, and prayer and prayer apps aren't unique in this. Even among Christian websites, for example, uh, Bible Gateway uses an ad targeting system called News IQ, which captures the preferences, the opinions, the emotions of users. In, in other words, the system will at least partially use the Bible verses you're reading on its app to help third parties determine what kind of ads you might want to get. So that and that's Bible Gateway. That's a pretty established one. So all of it's pretty standard when it comes to internet stuff, but it's really coming to light now that even the Bible ones, the ones that are dealing with people on a, on the most intimate level, those apps are farming data. And 
it's 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 kind of it feels kind of an intrusion. It feels like it's you're maybe a violation because they're you know the folks are coming to these apps without the fact that it's a business in mind. They're coming at it as if it's a ministry. And they're coming at it as this will help me help me you know become closer to God, and this will help me become you know um, you know help me you know fight whatever these demons are because I'm not by myself. When in reality, the you know the ministry is a way to make money, and there are a lot of people I've I've worked for for a few companies that are like that, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's 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 sad when we have. Um, we have these sorts of avenues that people go down to make money. Um, I understand the power bill's got to get paid. I understand that that you know you have to have office space. You have to pay your employees. I get that. But above and beyond that, you're just trying to get rich off of other people's issues, and that's that's not cool. So just think about it. I'm not saying don't use any of these apps. I'm just saying think about it a little bit before you get too far in. I've uh, found found this story. And let me just go and tell you, this is a reason I don't let my little boy Jack play with my phone. My wife, Jenny, she'll let him play with hers. I don't know if she's just not as plugged in to her to, to you know her different stuff as, as I am with my phone. Or maybe she's just, you know, hedging her bets. I don't know. But this story is out of Monmouth Junction, New Jersey. A New Jersey family has learned the hard way that even a two-year-old is capable of racking up huge online shopping bills. And... The kid, you know, he just he just wanted to play with the phone. His dad got it really recently got him into, you know, in, into into messing with it and that sort of thing. And the family who had just moved into a new home ended up they admitted to being frequent shoppers through their phones, you know, their the Amazons, the Walmart and all that. And that all of their payment info was preloaded onto the phone. Well, the two year old got the phone one day and ended up costing his parents $1,700. <laughs> the box came. They didn't know until the box came. And then another person came. Then another person came. They're like, oh, this this is not cute. Yeah, exactly. Um, they say he likes the phone because everything in it is virtual and they're busy with their phone, his siblings, always with the phone. And I don't know, I think he needs phone work for that. So, yeah. He, yeah, almost two thousand dollars in debt because you handed your kid your phone. I. That's why I don't let my little boy play with mine. That's that's pretty much it. So, uh, stick around. Coming up, we're gonna move right into this. Uh, stick around. Coming up, we've got Erin Shaw Street. She's gonna be with us after the break, and you, you really are gonna want to share this with friends and family. If, if you have you know anyone who's is dealing with, continues to deal with, or has dealt with addiction issues, this is the program to pass on to them. It's Aaron Shaw Street talk about uh, addiction and alcoholism and how that picture doesn't always look the way it looks like in your mind. That's coming up next. It's the Mark Harvard Podcast. Stick around. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Spreading positive news and information in central Alabama, it's Birmingham Christian Family Magazine, and we are so thrilled to have them as partners with the Mark Harvard Podcast. Entertainment, healthy living, parenting, inspirational stuff, community role models, and a whole lot more, Birmingham Christian Family Magazine is your source for positive-leaning information 
from a Christian point of view. Now, this month you get to read about the hope that Danny Gokey is bringing, hope to the world. And you can read also my article about online small groups in churches. Find them all over central Alabama or go to BirminghamChristian.com. It's Birmingham Christian Family Magazine. I can't tell you how thrilled we are to continue our relationship with Excalibur Service Company. They are the people that I use in my house and they're who I suggest you use in your house for all your home needs, air conditioning, heating, duct cleaning, indoor air quality checks. These are the guys that can take care of it. They also offer emergency plumbing service because, you know, plumbing doesn't break in the middle of, an, of a Saturday afternoon. You know, it always happens in the middle of the night or when you least need it to, uh, to be breaking. They're the folks you call. Like I said, they're who I trust my family is to, and they're who you should trust as well. It's Excalibur Services. Give them a call, 205-352-4160. It's 205-352-4160, or you can find them online, ExcaliburService.com, and tell them you heard about them right here on the Mark Harvard Podcast. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at markharvardcreative.com. The Mark Harvard Podcast. We're back. It's the Mark Harvard Podcast. Thanks for joining in. Don't forget, you can find us over on Facebook, on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're not as active on Twitter as we should be, but we are there. We've got a place to park the car. So um, go follow us all those places, share us with friends and all that. Now, I mentioned earlier we've got a special guest. This is a friend of mine who I have known for many, 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 many years. She's responsible for some 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 of the coolest experiences I've had in my life. Uh, just because something she's done with, uh, with with my first wife, with Marianne, and just her friendship throughout that time and, and forthcoming from then has been uh, amazing. Uh, my good friend Aaron street is is with us and um Aaron thanks for, for thanks for joining us today thank you for having me mark I'm so glad to be here so okay Aaron um when I when I first met you you were working at UAB and uh you have you uh you helped uh my, my first wife Mary Ann get hooked up with some publications to do some some speaking with with groups and you know, you know eventually it led to you know being on the Today Show and there was this all this other, anyway you kind of started pushed the boulder down the hill got some momentum behind it and you left there and your story since then has been one that has gone through some pretty spectacular stuff but you've also you've kind of you've seen some highs and highs of highs and lows of lows so uh, can you speak to that just a little bit. Just tell, yeah, tell, tell me the story of Aaron. <laughs> yeah, oh, the story of Aaron. Um, so, um, you know, first of all, um, you know, going back and, you know, you mentioned um, how we got to know one another. And of course, I was fortunate to get to know you and, um, and Marianne. Um, and that was a really um, special time in my life. So um, I started my career as a newspaper reporter and I wanted to tell stories. Um, I cared about human connection and I cared about telling meaningful um, stories. And I really believe in telling stories to make sense of who we are and where we're going and how we're growing. Um, and I was blessed to work for seven years at the UAB Comprehensive Cancer Center, where I got to tell stories like, um, like your story and um, really spend time with people who are going through um, remarkable challenges mm-hmm. um, and transformation and growth. And I, I, so I spent the first 10 years of my career as a newspaper reporter, um, working at UAB in, in their cancer center, 
um, and, and really focused on, on medical issues and kind of human transformation. And I love that. Um, in 2008, I was recruited to Southern Living Magazine um, and uh, I spent seven years there um, doing what many um, would say was a dream job. Oh, yeah. As a travel editor. Yeah. Okay. Travel I, editor. I lived vicariously through you on social media for a large part of that time. It was a great time. Um, you know, this was before, I mean, the industry, the magazine industry was uh, definitely changing. Um, the media industry was already in uh, a lot of tumult when I got there, but I kind of was on the very tail end um, of, a, of a time where, um, you know, folks had budgets to send people to, you know, to parts. I traveled all around the South and got to tell awesome stories about Southerners. And I loved that work. I loved learning about um, all 17 states we covered and the awesome people and the food and the cultural traditions. And, but the other side of that too was, um, you know, at that time I was, um, I was married, I am married. Um, I had a small child, um, and I very much found myself in that place of, um, of, of working a ton, traveling a ton. So it looked terrific on, on the outside. Um, but what I was doing to, to keep up with that was not super healthy to say the least. So, um, you know, I was in this, this place of building my career and building my family and, um, and, and doing things that I really enjoy, but it came at a great, a great cost. Um, so, you know, while I was writing about, you know, these artisanal cocktails. Um, I was drinking a lot of the artisanal cocktails and um, had a lot of anxiety, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, um, and not the best coping mechanism. So, you know, during that time, I, I really saw kind of my, my workaholism um, and what um, became my alcoholism um, was in full gear. So I was kind of living that kind of two lives, mm -hmm. one life that was very much, you know, I was traveling around the country, speaking for this big brand and yeah. uh, kind of believing my own hype. Um, <laughs> but then I was coming home um, and really self-medicating to get through, um, to get through. Um, so it was in a pretty unhealthy place. So, you know, it, I, I wonder if, if uh, had had the had the travel not happened, had you know had it been has been been more of a, a home desk job, you know where you know which a lot of those jobs now are. Um, I wonder if it would have had that kind of that kind of uh, toll on you, you know. I mean, was it was it just the uh, was it just the being and uh, you know I'm, I'm by myself in this 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 city, or was it or was it more the stress of I've got you know that that just traveling for business happens on you. I did a little bit of traveling for business like in another life, and yeah, it gets old fast. You know, airports are not glamorous, security is not glamorous. Um, so I understand that you know it, it gets old fast. You know, living out of a hotel is is cool for a night or two, but when you're doing it, you know half your month it it does stink um was it just that you were on site by yourself and looking to find ways to i guess cope with day to day or was mm -hmm. it more um getting caught up in that kind of party atmosphere it's a good question um i've thought about it a lot um i certainly had access um you know, to, I had access because of the travel for sure, mm -hmm. but I think I probably would have gone down that road even no matter where I was. 
So in recovery, sometimes we talk about ge- a geographic cure. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people change places or change circumstances or change the outside things, right? Yeah. Um, to deal with inside problems. Um, and even though things may have sped up more for me just because I was in that, um, I had access, um, I think I probably would have gone down this road, even if I was at my kitchen table, because in reality, even when I wasn't on the road, um, when I came home after a long day's work, I mean, I really believe that narrative um, of, you know, oh, oh, I deserved it. I just, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes people will say, and that yeah. that's kind of changing culturally, but like, um, I would say to myself, oh, oh, I work hard. I deserve a glass of wine. Well, I never really had a glass of wine. So for yeah. me, the environment, um, it, you know, in some ways didn't matter um, because I had this inner turmoil that was going on wherever I went. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, and that makes sense. I've got in my, in my family, I've got a, there's a, a line of alcoholism in, in, in my family. And a large part of it was that it wasn't the, the party drinking. It was the, when you're you know in your kitchen and you're looking for something just to take the edge off. And you're right. It's never just taking the edge off. It's taking yeah. the edge off and most of the, the actual structure and, you know, the supports and everything. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. And I have it in my family too. And, um, I, I wasn't a, um, for the most part a, a party drinker. I mean, it was, uh, now I realize, um, you know, the, the sort of the self-medication, um, though I realized that, you know, I did believe that it was a, a part of connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, uh, I actually am, um, kind of, you know, I was a shy person. I had to really force myself to become a reporter and to talk to strangers. I had to really go outside my comfort zone, which when I tell people that they're like, you're shy. Um, So, you know, there's that, I really believed going back to the days that um, me and my newspaper days that, you know, for me to connect um, that this was an essential part of that connection, that unwinding, that, um, which of course the terrible irony of it is, um, you know, it ends up cutting, cutting off all connection, connection to others. Um, cause who really wants to talk to somebody who's had, at least this is in my opinion, yeah. um, you know, it gets a little tough talking with people when they're, uh, three or four drinks in, but, you know, beyond connection to, um, to other people, I mean, it certainly cut off a spiritual connection. So, um, you know, so it's, um, it's interesting. There's more and more conversation about what, um, the, the impact of, of, um, of alcohol and other substances Mm -hmm. and what it looks like. And, um, you know, and yeah. And for me, it looked like, um, it, it looked like really being caught off, cut off from true connection. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Hey, Aaron, when we get back, I want to talk about when you hit that point when you knew it was time for a change and what that change looks like for you. All right? Okay. Sound good? Okay. Stick around. More to come. It is the Mark Harvard Podcast. Stick around. The Mark Harvard Podcast. You know, life is not always easy to navigate, and that's where our friends at All Things New Counseling Services, that's where they step in. They're going to help you get through some tough times. This time of year, people are looking at themselves. They're starting to think about all the things that they want to have a little different, and sometimes that goes hand in hand with some depression, some anxiety, some stress. The gang over at All Things New Counseling Services can help you out with that. Charmin and her team 
have an area of expertise that includes bipolar disorder, depression, eating disorders, substance abuse, PTSD, and trauma. And guess what? They also do telehealth. So no matter where you are, you've got someone who's there to listen and help you through some of those low times in life. Go ahead, check them out online, allthingsnewcounselingservices.com, and tell them that you heard about them right here on the Mark Harvard Podcast. Winter is here, and now is a great time to jazz up your winter wardrobe with some new gear from the Mark Harvard Podcast Store. Get hoodies, sweatshirts, long sleeve tees, and more. Plus, you can get mugs for your hot coffee or tea. All kinds of great winter gear at the Mark Harvard Podcast Store. Go get it at markharvardcreative.com. That's markharvardcreative.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at markharvardcreative.com. The Mark Harvard Podcast. We are back. It is the Mark Harvard Podcast. Uh, we, we have my good friend Aaron with us. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Shaw Street is uh, an old friend of mine. Uh, you, you may know her name from reporting, from uh, from PR, from marketing, from Southern Living, and or just you know on a list of awesome people that you saw one day. On, you know, people were making a, a list of awesome people, and she was on there. Uh, Aaron, we've been talking so, about, about your journey and about you know, part of your, partially your resume and in reporting and in writing and in publications, but uh, also how you kind of self-medicated there with alcohol. Um, Aaron, w- when did you know that it was time to make a change? So that's a good question. Um, I think when I'm being honest, um, which that's what recovery is all about, I, I knew many years before I stopped. So like a lot of people, I did my research, I was reading the, you know, Quitlet and kind of had that little voice that said, this is probably not the healthiest thing, but just the concept of living without alcohol was one that I really couldn't fathom. Um, So for me, when I was still at Southern Living, the consequences started getting worse. Um, You know, so I always point out like my story is not super unique there, you know, it's pretty similar to other people who've gone down uh, this road, but um, you know, I did have some pretty um, substantial consequences um, where, you know, I looked up and on, on a weekday morning and said, I can't do this anymore. Um, you know, where I realized that I was not showing up for my family, certainly not showing up for myself. Um, and that there was, there was probably a problem. Um, so in 2015, in the fall of 2015, that's when I really started in earnest, Mm -hmm. um, and entered uh, 12 step, um, recovery fellowship. And, um, and then in, in March of 2016, um, I was on a business trip. Um, at this point I was working, uh, in advertising and I relapsed on a business trip. Um, and, um, I woke up and said, I am done never again. What distinguished that moment from any other moment? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it was definitely some, there was grace there. Um, but that was the moment where, um, where I knew that I really needed help and could not do it alone. Was it something that you had uh, you had said? I, I know I need to do this, and just kept putting it off. Like I know a lot of people when they when they try to make big life changes like that, they'll say they'll they'll put like a, a date. You know, uh, I'm gonna start that diet on this date. Until then, I'm gonna eat as much as I can and have all the sweets because I'm stopping after January one or, or or whatever. Was it was it something like that? And then this other thing happened, or was it just yeah, that nagging you nagging yourself? I know I need to do this. I need to change this. And then finally, just it hit. 
that one one that the straw broke the camel's back sort of to say yeah that's a good question i mean i was not a daily drinker um i you know i kind of had sort of this binge drinking so i could stop um okay. you know for a period of time and then i'd go hey i i stopped i didn't drink for look i i can't have a problem i didn't drink i'm fine you know i kept kind of believing this hype um but you know so i would you know stop for a few days a few weeks um, have a consequence, say, okay, I'm off of it. Um, and, and it was such that the consequences had to get, you know, significant enough for me to say, you know, this is not a, um, this is not a thing that, um, that I may or may not do. I was not, you know, sober curious as is a term now. Um, and, and, uh, I was not, uh, in a place of this being a lifestyle modification, mm-hmm. It was um, a place where um, I could see this hurtling towards life or death. Um, So, you know, I think, but it was a very, very long process. I would say it was really a decade long process to get to that point where I had like what we call gift of desperation. Now you're taking this experience because you said this is not, your story is not one that's terribly unique. Um, And, and, you know, we have an, you know, a large amount of people that are facing this in this country and in this on this planet uh, facing alcoholism or or addiction in any other sort of form, whether it be you know opioids or drug. I mean, gosh, Jenny and I were watching something on TV last night, and there were seriously like four ads for uh, opioid addiction help in a row. Um, it's a big deal. Um, what you're actually using your experience to help others, and I, which I think is that's where the uh, I don't want to say redemption, but that's also that's, that's where, you know, God pulls those those uh, those great things out of of uh, out of bad circumstances, you know. So tell us how you're how you're using your experience to help others as they walk this road. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I do see this as part of. Well, first of all, um, I help others because I was helped. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, first and foremost, as a woman in recovery, um, I'm able to, um, to be in recovery because somebody else shared that with me and continues to share with me. Um, so for me, this is a, you know, kind of one day at a time you hear the slogans, but it's true. So, um, so I pass along, um, in, in my recovery work personally, what has been, um, given to me. And then I'm greatly, greatly rewarded. And I grow so much in that. I mean, there's just no, um, better thing. It's a gift. Um, but I also have had the, the privilege of, and you're right. I mean, you know, and we're in such a, a, such a terrible place. The pandemic has really, really, I mean, we had a epidemic before and addiction is, um, it's bad. Um, and I look at it as, you know, whether it is opioids, whether it's alcohol, um, you know, whatever the, and it doesn't have to be a substance. It can be a, mm-hmm. a thing, you know, that, you know, the root causes are, um, are similar and complex, but, um, you know, for me, I really did have a calling in the pandemic. Um, and after being in doing a lot, spending a lot of time, uh, in, in the recovery space, I guess, um, to go back to school and get my degree in counseling. Um, and part of that was I, I still write. So I work full time. Um, and I do some editorial writing and I was writing some pieces about um, mental health in the pandemic and interviewing mental health experts. And I thought, why, why can't I become one of those experts? So for me, it was really important yeah. to get the clinical underpinning 
Um, so I could, um, so I wanted to go really deep um, and get that underpinning um, to be able to use to, um, to be of service to other people. Um, so yes, I am in, um, I'm still very early in, I'm in my second semester of a program and, um, and I love it. Um, and it's, and, you know, it's, it's in some ways it's, um, it's very, very different than what I've done, but in other ways, there are certainly a lot of parallels, um, too. So getting the chance to hold space for people and, uh, and show up for them, um, you know, in their most tender moments to figure out what their story is, um, that is really a calling. It really, it does come back to you enjoying other people's stories, doesn't it? I mean, whether or not it's whether it's reporting them or handing off to other people or helping them come to terms with their story, it's like that's that that that's where you seem to thrive, and yeah. and I think that's just super cool. I mean, there's no question involved. I just think it's cool. So, <laughs> well, you love stories too, right? I mean, you oh, know, yeah. It's, it's... oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, from being a history minor in college to you know what you know what I'm doing now, and uh, you know through radio and all that. I mean, we can learn so much from each other. I mean, that's the cool thing about having a world that is so connected is that we can have, you know, we can have the life that we live every day, but we can also see what other other people are exposed to and have experiences through other people by seeing what they what they what they've dealt with and what they've enjoyed and that sort of thing. Um, I said before, like, I mean, I, I kind of lived vicariously through you when you were at that Southern Living because it, it I mean every time I would open up Facebook and be like, well, what what cool place is Aaron at today? Oh, look at that hotel. Oh, look at that, you know, helicopter ride or whatever. Um, it, it, it's, it's cool that we're able to have those experiences with other people, but it's also cool that we're able to commiserate with people and we're able to be compassionate toward people when they're having when they're having not so glamorous moments. Yeah. And how do we show up? And I mean, you raise an interesting point about, you know, like one of the blessings of being so connected, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and we're in this time where we're so connected, but we can be disconnected. But, you know, I'm very interested in how we how we foster those authentic online conversations and then make them, you know, go to a, you know, an online uh, you know, an offline setting. So mm -hmm. I think we, we just, we crave connection, you know, we crave it and we've been so isolated and we crave that. So, you know, I'm very interested in communities where people are able to connect without the, um, you know, and disagree, mm -hmm. um, you know, in a, in a, um, in a respectful way. And certainly, um, that's, that can be <laughs> challenging to say the least, um, right now. So I, you know, I'm very interested in nurturing those kinds of spaces where people can, um, connect and feel seen and feel heard and, and feel like they're not alone because, you know, there's no, I say this all the time, I'm not walking through anything that someone else hasn't walked through, you know, that this, um, so how do I find, how do we find our people mm -hmm. and yeah. connect with those people? And then how do we, you know, from a mental health perspective too, this piece of, you know, I recognize that I have great privilege. Um, you know, I've had great experiences. Um, so how can I, um, how can I work and advocate for people who haven't had the kind of privilege, um, that I've had, to, um, you know, so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it is an exciting time to think about, um, you know, how do we find each other and create meaningful connections and show up and, and rebuild the kind of world that we want our kids to thrive in. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, you use the experiences we've had, we've used, you know, the privileges that you've had, and you use that to help others. And that's, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the basic doctrine of any religion, you know, <laughs> help other people, you know, do what you can. <laughs> 
yeah. and help I other mean, people just, and love each, love each other. So yeah, so yeah, um, and that, that that's part of the reason I'm I'm so big into uh, digital discipleship and you know wanting to find those people that are not that are either haven't heard the good news or are um, have become lazy in it, complacent in in their faith, uh, and find ways to you know to reach those people for God. Um, but man, thank you so much, Aaron. This has been fantastic. Thank you, Mark. It's really a pleasure to chat. Absolutely. We will, we'll, we'll do it again. I'm, I'm going to make you my, one of my go-to people for stuff. Oh, I'd love so. that. <laughs> Anytime. You know where I am. Absolutely. Stick around. More coming up. Uh, in fact, uh, we're, next up, we're going to talk about why I don't let my little boy have my cell phone. It has nothing to do with screen time. It's, it's, it's my bank account. I'm worried about it. That's coming up next. It's the Mark Harvard Podcast. Stick around. The Mark Harvard Podcast. Old World Lumiere Candle Company has been with the Mark Harvard Podcast since the very beginning. And let me tell you how happy we are. You can get all kinds of scents, guys, to make your house smell great. And they aren't just your frou-frou floral stuff. Guys can get candles like bourbon or leather, and they come in these really cool glass containers. Check them out. Everything they've got is at owlcandlecompany.com. And tell them I sent you. It's Old World Lumiere Candle Company. It's the Mark Harvard Podcast. I guess. I don't even know anymore. We are back. It is the Mark Harvard Podcast. Thanks again to Aaron Shaw Street for hanging out today. Good stuff and a lot of good information there as well. Hey, don't forget, sponsors, uh, those are the people that support us here. Excalibur Service Company, 205-718-8688. All Things New Counseling Services. AllThingsNewCounselingServices.com. If you need some help, you need to talk to someone. If, if maybe the conversation today has really led you to think, I need to take care of this. That's who you need to call. AllThingsNewCounselingServices.com. And also, the newest sponsor, the newest partner we've got here at the uh, at the podcast, Birmingham Christian Family Magazine. Go by, check them out, and uh, I've got an article in there this month. And yeah, it's the one that has Danny Gokey on the cover. I've got an article about online small groups in churches. Love for you to check it out. Let me know what you think about that. That's it. I'm out of here. Have a fantastic week. And I'm out. The Mark Harvard Podcast.